It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. As always, we're joined by Mike at Bengals underscore San Santagata here in just a few minutes to talk all 22 takeaways from the Bengals victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Before we get there, quick update. As of what time was it? About 1 p.m. my time, so 4 p.m. Eastern time. The Bengals place a number of players on the COVID reserve list. Most notably among them are Trey Hendrickson, Von Bell, and Trey Hopkins, all of those guys otherwise healthy. They now land on the COVID list. Also on the COVID list, Quentin Spain, who has an ankle injury, wasn't expected to play this week anyway. And Akeen Davis Gaither, who is on the reserve co- or on the injured reserve already, rather. And so three players who might have played against the Browns come down with COVID. And at this point, I think that hypothetically they could, if they get two negative tests, get activated mm-hmm. for Sunday. I think it's too late in the week because they would have to be coming off the list on it's not Saturday. Well, the, yeah. don't they have to be off the list on Saturday to play on Sunday? They do, but they can be. They have time. So it's Tuesday. You got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they could take them off with the, the two tests. And then Sunday would be the day, and, and, technically. And, and, and it doesn't start a day after the positive test. The day they test positive. I thought it started the day after. So it would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm doing with, with Pratt. Maybe you're – actually, you're. I think you're right. I think you're right. But that's what it was with Pratt. Yeah. It was, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday was the day they came back. So it was that fifth day. Um. But it started, so then it would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No, it would be, because Sunday would be the fifth day. So, but I thought they had to come off the day before. They Maybe can come don't off. Understand? No, remember with Pratt though, they he came off in hopes uh, of the two negative tests, so they right. could do it that way. But they would need the roster spot, of course. So they they probably won't do it with everybody. I think they would also need the negative tests because if he still has symptoms, they can't they can't let him play football. Right. So it's, it's well, five days or two negative tests, five days, asymptomatic or two negative. T- yeah, right. absolutely. So, so if there's symptoms, then, then none of these guys gotcha. are getting back, uh, is kind of what we're getting yeah. at. But the, the fear for me, James is, is less about this week because Baker Mayfield's not playing now he's having surgery. It's more about just spread and any lingering effects. Like do any of these guys have the outlier case where a professional athlete like Freddie F- Freeman of the Atlanta Braves gets actually quite sick and and it lingers or what kind of delayed spread do we see as the Bengals are trying to get ready for the playoffs? So those are my bigger concerns, but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. There's, there's not much that, you know, we we can do, but wait and see and hope. Yeah. Wait, see hope. And just last thing, and we'll get to Bengal Sands. You just thank the football gods. You thank Joe Burrow. 
in Jamar Chase and, uh, you know, that second half defense that they handled business against the Chiefs. Because because can you imagine? I don't care if it's Baker Mayfield or not. Case Keenum doesn't matter. Having to go to Cleveland shorthanded potentially with all these guys out needing to win. Ugh. And, and I know they got everything that they needed last week in week 17 loss-wise, everybody in the AFC North lost. Um, that they needed to lose the, the Steelers won, they needed them to win, but still doesn't matter. It was uh whew. it's uh it's good that they clinched. That's all. It's good that they clinched. Absolutely. It's fantastic that they did. And let's at this point bring in Mike. We were both clicking on YouTube. That's why it did that. <laughs> we're we're both trying to set up the graphics for the video and and blanking out the screen. We're on the same wavelength today, obviously. We're gonna start, Mike, Oof. with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase's wide receivers, and and how this offense has opened up in the last couple of weeks. We're going to talk as well about pass protection, especially with Jackson Carmen filling in for Quentin Spain at left guard. Quentin Spain's availability for the future, at least somewhat in question, although it sounds like there's some optimism that this will be a short-term injury for Quentin Spain. We'll also talk about the right side of the line. I, I thought that there were some issues all over the place there. We'll, we'll get there as well. And then we'll talk defenses. We've seen the Bengals defense now go up against a few high-powered offenses. They've had some success. They've had some failures. We'll talk about what lessons they need to take away from these games as they prepare for the playoffs. But, Mike, let's start with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. These guys have obviously had special moments this year, but this was by far the most dominant performance between the two, connecting on uh, only only one incomplete pass between the two on Jamar Chase's 266-yard three touchdown day Joe Burrow can't fool him twice what were the biggest things that you took away from from this game for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow as opposed to previous games where they had been in a bit of a funk for some time and and now Jamar Chase has come out of it it starts with uh well Joe Burrow's on a heater and uh, I mean Chase was really good last week so um when Burrow's on, he's very smart, and like you said, can't fool him twice. If you go to my profile, you'll see what I thought was the highlight of his game, which was getting five trap on one play right before the half, and then he gets two trap on uh, a play right after the half, and that's the easy easiest touchdown Jamar Chase will ever score, at least from 50 yards out. And uh, yeah, Chase, I've been pounding the table that he's – a better yards after catch guy than anybody gives him credit for. And to see him make that spectacular run after the catch was like, Oh, I feel so vindicated about this because I knew he could do this. You had the play against Marlon Humphrey where he spins off, but as some people could say, it's a cornerback trying to tackle and there's only two of them. He just outran people. Now this time he outran everybody on the defense. He made a linebacker miss. He, ah, it was awesome. I love the picture of before, right when he catches the ball and then it's like, he scored on this play <laughs> surrounded by guys. So not only that, but everything else was fully on display. It was Jamar Chase maxed out, body control, fully on display. You see him contorting in the air to Moss Travius Ward after the dance. You see him, <laughs> I think he does because he thought he went out of bounds, but he's holding the ball out after Mossing a guy. He's, like He does the body control stuff and he's already back to normal running. He's got the ball out within a step. He's just holding it out. That's just seared in my brain forever. Um, then, yeah, even Yak, not even on the big play, but on screens. He caught a screen, and he'll run through arm tackles because, like I would say, he's built like a running back. He's got thick legs. He can just run through contact and not ha – hashtag not a comp. But, I mean, the only 
there's other people. AJ Brown's kind of like that too. He's built the same way, but it reminds me a lot of uh, as the high, at the highest level of Terrell Owens, who used to be able, the same way. Where it's like that dude's like 240 pound running back, and Chase isn't that big or tall, but uh, that's what it reminded me of to see him running through every arm tackle that the Chiefs threw at him. I and Owens had some drops at times, right? It seems like he's mo- almost like a more mature. Yeah, you're right, smaller. Because Owens looks like a Greek god who, who ate a you know a whole semi truck full of built bars, but yeah, I, I like that comp. By the way, uh, j- just since we're praising Chase, which you know I love to do, um, his ability, the, the concentration after the first touchdown on probably the the most minor catch he had all game, where he almost dropped it and and, and still hauls it in and gets both feet down, like he is. I don't think you can teach the feet thing like some guys have it and some don't like john ross really struggled with this and i'm not comparing the two so be quiet Bengals fans but like getting both feet down inbounds and it just feels like he has the the instincts to to always do that mike yeah i think he's the best on the team at doing that it's a lot of his body control type stuff where uh, it, it almost feels like the game slows down for him on the on that in that situation where the ball is almost dropped and then he's got the ball gets both feet down and I don't know. To me, that seems like almost moving in slow motion. Like there's some video games where you can hold a button and everything slows down for you to catch and get your feet down, but he's doing it in real time. You got to hold triangle. That's all. <laughs> Just hold triangle and, and you use your spider senses to slow everything down. James, of course, referring to yesterday's comment about Spider-Man versus Darth Vader and the ensuing Twitter debate in case anybody missed that on Tuesday Mike, let's come back in just a minute. We'll talk about what Joe Burrow did so well against the Kansas City Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo's defense that really called some head scratchers at times and was very pressure heavy, I would say. We'll we'll talk about Joe Burrow's performance and how the offensive line held up coming up next. It's a new year, but uh, same message from me here on Locked on Bengals. Built Bar. You need to get on the Built Bar plan. If you don't know what Built Bars are, they're the number one protein bar on the planet. I have one each and every day. So whether you're talking about the Caramel uh, Almond Delight or this Blueberry Muffin Bar or any flavor you can imagine from uh, Coconut Almond, Peanut Butter, they have so many different flavors. And the best part about Built Bars is the macros. They taste amazing. They're covered in 100% chocolate, but the macros are going to fit your diet as you want the new year, new you, or maybe it's the same old you, high protein, low sugar, low calories, perfect for any diet. So check them out right now, built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. It's that simple. Again, for 15% off and get to get the most amazing protein bar on the planet, use promo code LOCK15 at built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, let's talk about Joe Burrow, our favorite topic here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. The transcendent young quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals who, for some reason... Some NFL.com 
quote from an anonymous AFC executive. I mean, we're not even going to talk about it. It's so nonsensical. But Mike, as you watched Steve Spagnolo, who's had a lot of success calling a very aggressive style of defense this year, has given up some points, obviously, but over the last eight or nine weeks or so coming into this game, I praise the Chiefs defense and they had been they have been rock solid for for quite some time. Joe Burrow comes in, had a couple of drives of of issues early where they came up empty, but really found their rhythm after that. What did you see from Joe Burrow in this game? Was it was there anything new and exciting, or is it just yeah, this is who Joe Burrow is now. He's going to be smart enough to beat your defensive calls, and he's evasive enough in the pocket to make Tyron Matthew miss. Yeah, it's kind of just Joe Burrow maxed out, but I mean, that that's what we saw last week and the complaints where it wasn't against a good defense. This is a good defense, and I think Spags, uh, one, probably underestimated Burrow a little bit, and that's sometimes a theme with some of these defensive coordinators. Uh, they see a young quarterback. They think they can blitz the heck out of him. But also, uh, you kind of are who you are. And he grew up under Eagles defensive coordinator Jim Johnson, who big on blitzes, bringing pressure. And uh, third and 27, I guess he uh, overestimated his own ability to uh, – <laughs> it, it wasn't just third and 27. That's not like the only time he ever brought cover zero. They brought it multiple times. And right before that, on the same drive, Burrow beat – beat it with a go ball to Jamar chase. And uh, then later on the drive, he thinks he could do it again. And for anybody wondering at home cover zero all out blitz, I did a little doodle here and you could see man to man are the little lines without arrows, your pressure path. Uh, those are the guys with the arrows. I drew this one here specific. Oh, there's my finger. He drew this one here specifically that he has him. If he comes out, if he stays in, he's going to pressure and, uh, that's what Spags was calling, and uh, you could see that X there, Jamar Chase, is one-on-one -on -one with a cornerback, and not the best move without any help over the top whatsoever, because at least go single high so they can make a get over the top and make it a difficult catch, but one-on-one -on -one against any of those cornerbacks, and it was easy for Burrow, easy for Chase, make the throw under pressure, evade some evade some sacks uh he got sacked four times and i thought he could have been sacked eight times easily and i think i said that same exact thing last year but you escape a sack get your nameplate ripped off that means he got a hand on you <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah we've uh we've talked about his pocket mobility sands over the past couple of weeks and i think it goes without saying everybody that's watched him throughout the year he's moving as well as he ever has in the pocket but let's talk about the pre-snap the the recognition uh, of defenses, all of those things, because you're you're grinding in the film, you're watching every play. Is it at another level now than it was maybe in week eight or week six? Because he's always been great pre-snap. I feel like he's always been ahead of the curve of where a second-year quarterback is, but uh, he's having more success, so I assume he might be better at it. Is it obvious to you on film? I think so, and I think there's one play example that would show this is there's a play, and I mean, he's always been good with his snap counts, even back in week one, I think when I came on here, or at least I wrote an article about he used a hard count to beat Mike Zimmer, and he's, he's still really good about that, especially at home, and he gets a linebacker to show his blitz. It's like the second play of the game. Gets a linebacker to show his blitz, and I'm guessing it was either a pass play or a run in that direction, but so he did something that Peyton Manning always used to do, and that is, oh, you're blitzing to this side? Okay, so we just run to the other side, and they run duo to the other side, and that's, I think I think it was Mixon's biggest play of the game, uh, 
was it like 15 yards or something and uh right off the right side and that was just a small little thing that made me go okay so he's not the young quarterback that thinks oh you're blitzing i'll throw it over you he, he's smart enough to know okay the easy way to beat your blitz coming from over there is for me to hand it off going this way oh was that the nah, I'm, sorry i just thought of it was that the holding play uh but i don't think it was yeah i think it's just uh Good process. Good process pre-snap to see a guy blitzing and say, we're going to run opposite of that and not think that you can beat him with your arm all the time. Of course, there's also the ability to beat defenses with his arm when they blitz. And we just talked about what happened when the Chiefs decided to single up on the outside. One interesting thing that Baltimore did that we talked about, I think, last week was that play when the Bengals went into the split back protection and and they ended up with brackets on every single wide receiver. I would expect that to be more of an answer from opposing defenses going forward when the Bengals give that pre-snap look, just because it, even if the the two guys in the backfield, CJ Uzama, Joe Mixon, most likely sometimes Samaj P. Ryan, even if those guys release, you're, you're delaying their release and you're ending up with advantageous matchups in the secondary potentially uh, because the Bengals are, are trying to protect. And I think we did see some of that from Spags, but the, the concern that I have, Mike, going forward is you talked about the, the four sacks, losing his nameplate. He got hit a ton. It, it wasn't just the, the, the sacks that were the problem. He took a lot of hits after getting the ball away. Uh, you can even look at the end of the game. For example, the two fourth down play calls, which I know you were critical of, they weren't protected very well. The Chiefs sent, I think, six guys on both of those plays. Jackson Carmen now playing left guard. Very up and down game, I thought. Had a PTSD-inducing panic moment for me when I went back and watched again as he got tackled into Joe Burrow's plant knee, his surgically repaired knee. Joe's okay. That's not the knee that is now hurting him. But what did you see from the offensive line? Because I thought that there were issues at left guard, right guard, right tackle. And it's just concerning for me. Burrow's done a great job managing and mitigating this issue. but. Is it something you think is going to catch up to them, or or do you think that Burrow can continue to play around it? Ooh, it's playing with fire for sure, and I, I think I'd throw center in that mix because they slid to Chris Jones a few times, and he was just too strong for him. And you could say, well, that's Chris Jones. They draw Indy week one, and they get DeForest Buckner. It's the same dude. Well, <laughs> not like the exact same, but same problem. You get a guy that you slide to, and he's strong enough to beat both of that. So, yeah, it's a concern, but it's just – I I think Burrow's going to mitigate it to the best of his ability. Instead of getting sacked eight times in a game like Baker Mayfield, he gets sacked three or four, maybe even two. Maybe he escapes all these sacks because multiple times you would see a free runner get to him, and he just kind of does a little shake and bake. Think of Tyron Matthew. I think it was like the third play of the game did that to him and escaped a sack that way. So he's – Getting out of these, he's getting out of the sacks. He's mitigating the pressure by throwing the ball on time. I know his pressure rate to sack or whatever is what kind of high, but I think when you watch the film, you see he's most of those come. He's just trying to extend plays, things like that. It's not that he doesn't see the pressure. It's that sometimes he overestimates his own ability to get out of pressure. And that was more early in the season than now. He's better at it now. It's a concern. It's just I don't. It could doom them. It could not doom them. I I think really at at its best, a team that can get pressure on the Bengals with four pass rushers. And they probably can, if they're in the playoffs, I think of all those teams, they probably can. And they can play really, really good coverage on the back end, which the chiefs didn't do. That's a team that can really get to the Bengals um, in the playoffs. So I think it has to come with a caveat of, they have a guy that can 
hang with Jamar Chase and T Higgins a little bit. And I think of uh, when I'm talking about this, I keep thinking of uh, New England and JC Jackson and all those guys that could probably hang with them a little bit, even if Chase or whoever's better, they're not going to give up 260 yards. Real quick, Isaiah Prince, how does he look? And does Fred Johnson deserve another shot here at right tackle before the playoffs? I would say I, I would give the shot to Fred Johnson, and part of that's because they started to lean into the duo run play, and Fred Johnson's got some oomph to him. He's got some power in his hands, and when you run duo on that double team, Fred Johnson moving those guys is a lot more intimidating than Isaiah Prince, and Prince is just – he is who he is, and he loves to outside use his outside hand to try to hit a guy and stab into them, but once you lose that outside hand, you've lost – you've lost the entire rep for the most part. He doesn't have the loose hands of Teron Armstead. So when he hits and a guy swipes or chops it down, he's done and he gives up a pressure. So I don't think he's terrible. I think he does some stuff. Well, there was a play against Joey Bosa that he anchored in and took him one-on-one. I thought that was awesome. But at some point, I I think the benefits of Fred Johnson might outweigh the uh, benefits of Isaiah Prince. Up next, we'll switch gears, talk about Lou Anarumo and a Bengals defense that allowed just three points in the second half. But I got to tell you about GetUpside, the incredible app for everyone that buys gas, that you that fills up at the gas tank. You can save money now just by downloading the GetUpside app. It's free, by the way, in the App Store or Google Play. You're going to get up to 25 cents off per gallon for every gallon of gas, every time you fill up. Plus, right now with promo code TOUCHDOWN, you're going to get a bonus $0.25 cents off per gallon on your first fill-up. It's free money, and it gets deposited right into your account, your GetUpside account, and you can transfer that to your bank account, or you could transfer that uh, to your PayPal account, get an e-gift card, Amazon, anytime you want. So download it now, GetUpside and make sure you use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus $0.25 off per gallon on your first fill-up. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys. Let's dive into the defense a little bit here. Because in the second half, the Cincinnati Bengals gave up three points to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs only had three drives. We talked about this a little bit in our post-game show. Only three drives, which is still pretty good. You hold the Chiefs scoreless. I think the Chiefs had to punt three times in this game. I think it was three times. I'm checking. It was indeed three times. You get the Chiefs to punt three times and kick four times, including that field goal. I think your defense has done something pretty well. They had some issues in the first half. They got beat a couple times going single high, trying to blitz Patrick Mahomes. They, in the second half, settled down a little bit, I think, got a little bit more conservative, a little bit more patient in their approach. Mike, ultimately, the blitz rate wasn't that high, but what did you see from an approach perspective as to how Lou Anarumo chose to attack Patrick Mahomes? And do you think that there's some lessons to be learned here if they have to go against this team again in the playoffs? 
Yeah, the the blitz rate might not have been high, but I think it was definitely higher in the first half. And the only time I remember there being a blitz in the second half was the cover zero at the end of the game, which it's it's fun that the game really tilted on two cover zeros. Spagnolo's uh, getting beat on third and 27, and Lou Anarumo's working on third and whatever that was to force the field goal. It, it de- they definitely got more conservative, and what they were doing early was – a lot of rotations lay a lot of late rotation safety rotations to get into single high. And sometimes that left Von Bell deep. Sometimes it left Jesse Bates deep. Sometimes it left Mike Thomas deep and any of those situations. The reason you can't go single high against a team like the chiefs is there's two plays. There's one Tyreek, they were on double post and Tony Romo went over. This is the, it's the Dino route from Demarcus Robinson, which is just basically a corner post type thing. Uh, Tyreek Hill's running a post. So Jesse Bates has to get over top of that. And then on the outside, there's the basically a post, a corner post type route. And I mean, Mahomes just has the rocket launcher arm to fire it in there before anybody can react. And there's nothing really Apple's doing wrong because he's playing to his leverage. It's just, you got beat because you got into single high when you're in too high, you could have one safety take Hill, one safety stay over the top of Robinson there. And then later on, they do a late safety rotation that I believe you have panned a bit, Jake, where uh, (laughs) Von Bell ends up rotating to the deep middle of the field and they run that, uh, post corner, the uh, almost the exact opposite, and, and Von Bell cannot get over the top. Mike Hilton is trying to run with a guy that runs a four two five. And, and what really bothered me about that is the rotation is so late that he's coming from the opposite hash, and, and there's just no chance for him to get over over a corner route on the other side of the field on the sideline. And it's the trip side of the field, and you're bringing five against Patrick Mahomes. It's just like. The all a whole bunch of cardinal sins against Patrick Mahomes bundled up into one play for me. Yeah, and look, I I get the idea is to fool him, maybe get an incomplete pass or something. But Mahomes is old enough in this league that coverages can get him once in a while. The cover zero got him, but that's because he he doesn't think teams will still do that to him. He sees cover three and cover one still. He plays against Gus Bradley <laughs> twice a year, so he gets into that. Like Spagnuolo, you don't change who you are at defensive coordinator, even against the Chiefs. That's why they give up 60 points in two games. Uh, they stay in that. So I think the lesson learned is to play them a little bit more conservative, limit explosive plays. In the second half, their longest pass play is like 12 yards, and they had a couple of runs. The Mahomes run up the middle and uh, mm-hmm. there was another run, I think, from Derek Gore, but it could be Daryl Williams that went for about 18 yards. But other than that, limit those explosives. And Mahomes wants to take those shots. So if you can stay over top of those, get him to hold the ball. And really another key secret that's nothing shocking is the pressure started to actually get to Mahomes in the second half rather than coming around the outside. And he's got a free run to just step up in the pocket and do whatever he wants and make that no-look sidearm pass that he always does. Uh, probably about once a week, but he definitely made one against the Bengals that I saw and went, ah, that's Mahomes. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you just because, you know, his return was talked about a ton, especially with Pratt out. What did you think Logan Wilson, how did he look in his return specifically? Anything stand out, good or bad? This is a really tough matchup for Logan Wilson. Uh, when they play zones, he has to try to run and get around Tyree Kill, Demarcus Rob, all those 4-2 athletes. And when they play man, sometimes he's got to try to get around Travis Kelsey, even if he's not man-to-man with him. Uh, sometimes he's in a bracket with them. But tough game. I thought he looked okay. I did think he looked a little rusty, um, a little bit slow to move on some of those run plays, which 
if you're giving up the run plays to the Chiefs, you're doing well. Which, uh, well, it's provided you're not also giving up the pass plays. <laughs> but if one of the two plays you're giving up is their run plays, that you're doing much better than if you were giving up all the pass plays and stopping the run. But I did think he was a little bit, a little bit slower to react than he used to be. But I think it's all just a little, uh, a little rust and getting back to game speed. It was nothing crazy that made me concerned for the future. And that's actually, Zach Taylor was asked, is this a game where if you give up the runs and you contain the passes in the second half the way you do, is that something you're okay with? And Taylor's like, yeah, this week I am. You can tell that he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't thrilled with the run defense, but they clearly sold out, in my opinion, in the second half to try to defend the pass. They were trying to do the thing that, that you know, Staley does out in Los Angeles, trying to play too high and, and put six in the box against the run, trying to fill with the safety. Didn't go great. Uh, and honestly, I, I don't know how well equipped they are to do it. I think DJ Reader is looking a little bit uh, slower at the moment, maybe a little bit worn down. We'll see if he is just coming off COVID, if he starts to find a little bit more in the tank here for the playoff push. And the other the other two plus guys, I guess I want to talk about. I want to highlight Chidobe Abouzier's game. I thought he had an A-plus tackling game, especially in space against Tyreek Hill. And... Uh, Trey Hendrickson, whose sack streak comes to an end, but was clutch a couple times in that second half, forcing Aaron throws from Patrick Mahomes. So those two guys, uh, what did you see from them? And and then maybe beyond that, we can talk rest of secondary if we have time. But let's start with Cheeto and with Trey Hendrickson. Cheeto, fast. Uh, I think we knew this, but there's a play, a slot fade, Tyreek Hill uh, in the number two, and he's he runs with him step for step. Uh and it's not like he just keeps staying over the top of him. He has to turn, speed turn, and run with him. And he sticks right on his hip and stays with him. Great tackling game from him. He's just awesome. He's He's been everything the Bengals could ever want at cornerback, especially for what they signed him for. Um, and then Trey Hendrickson uh, almost gifted Mike Hilton with another interception. Could have been a pick six if he's real fast or if he breaks a few tackles. Maybe could have got a second one of his – whole football career including middle school or whatever it is <laughs> but uh the pass comes out no mustard on the brat as uh, madden would say uh, <laughs> and it just slowly floats and he gets right in front of it to pick it off but uh wire receiver does a good job of trying to contest it break it up and knocks it out of there but that's that's what i thought of when trey hendrickson his game just came down to that one play was could have completely flipped flipped the entire game. Just getting a pick there and getting plus field position, they end up scoring a touchdown anyway. But getting that would have been such a huge momentum shifter. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, one more thing on Awuzie, and this is more of a, not even a film based thing, but just something I was thinking about. I think he's been so good that even though they completely whiffed on Trey Waynes, and who knows, maybe Waynes comes up big in the playoffs or something, but it's still a bad signing, right, when you look at the money they've given and what they've gotten from him. I think it, like, washes it out because you got him for, what was it? It was three years, $21 million, and he's the the top-ranked corner, according to Pro Football Focus, in the AFC. Just, uh, you know, and he's just balling. You don't need PFF to tell you that he's playing at a high level. I think he's playing so well. Is that a crazy – is that a take, Jake? Start with you. I, I think he's been that good. I mean, I, I think that they need to probably get out of the Trey Wayne's contract at this point. I just oh, think that, sure. you know, like it's been star crossed and I, I don't blame Trey Wayne's for this at all. It's really unfortunate, but they've gotten two games out of that contract, two and a half games, maybe out of that contract. So really bad luck 
for Trey Waynes. But if he can't beat Eli Apple out at this point for starting reps and credit Eli Apple, he's playing better for sure. But if you can't beat out Eli Apple at this point for, for the money he's getting paid, yeah, you, you, you can't really justify that. On the other hand, Cheeto's been more than you could ever dream of. Exactly what, what you said there, James. I mean, three years, 21.75 million was, was the contract. So right on it. Um, you know, his, his highest cap hit in 2023 is $8.1 million. And if he can continue to stay relatively healthy and play at this level, he, he's going to be worth more than every penny. They do need to figure out the other side, I think, going sure. forward. I, I'm not opposed to Eli Apple coming back. I am opposed to Eli Apple being your only plan on the other side. And, and I would like to see a little bit more there. But yeah, I think Cheeto makes up for, for Trey Waynes. He gives you a CB1, which is what they were looking for on at least one of the sides. Just sticking with uh, defensive backs, Mike, uh, what do you think about Trey Flowers? He had an interesting game where they matched him yeah. up on Travis Kelsey a lot, and they did yeah. that earlier in the season against Mark Andrews. thought he played pretty well. There's once again, another play, I think, I, I, with these guys, I almost always have one play that highlights in my mind. Chase probably about seven this game, but uh, Trey Flowers is guarding Travis Kelsey one-on-one, man-to-man. He gives up the catch at first. He just wails into him from behind and disjars the – or jars that don't know, jars the ball loose and it's an incomplete pass dislodges the football i think i was going mm. for that <laughs> but uh yeah he did knocked a good job some, he knocked the mustard off the brat yeah he knocked hungry. the mustard back off the brat uh, that's why you gotta put extra i don't know <laughs> yeah uh he's uh well so cheeto is the spider-man of the defensive backs and you know jesse Bates could be captain america well just stick it with uh, last week who, who else you got eli apple you know who's he no idea man <laughs> he's like uh is he like nightcrawler or something no, <laughs> you gotta you gotta aim a little lower i think i mean eli's been a lot better lately but nightcrawler can teleport eli apple's not teleporting is he the hawkeye yeah all right <laughs> dude night eli apple teleported who, who was it against when he batted that ball away what what game was that in the end zone he saved the touchdown He's done that a couple times. Eli Apple did have a really good play in this game, by the way. I think you clipped this one as well, Mike, but his, his near pick. Yes. He, he needs to catch the ball, but that's like as well as you can play that little cover to the little hezzy he gives, like he, he, he baited that throw. He gives like a little half hesitation move toward the flat. And as soon as he does, Mahomes is like, okay, I'm throwing. And he gets right back in that throwing lane and, Almost baited the pick. Really nice play for Eli Apple. Just to make it clear that that I'm not an anti Eli Apple person. I just I don't have that trust yet. You know, it's been it's been a smaller sample size, and so I'm just looking to see more. Uh, maybe, Mike, but, maybe I over maybe I underrate Nightcrawler. Maybe I <laughs> underrate Nightcrawler. Go ahead, Nightcrawler's pretty cool. Mike, anything else stand out to you on the defensive side of the ball here before we get out of here? I, I thought that um, one of the big adaptations was was to give up the run do you think this is something the Bengals will have to do going forward not if they play the not, uh, as I say not if they play the Colts round one right. yeah <laughs> but it, matchup dependent I mean but, the Chargers but, I think you would I, I guess my point is they they can kind of do both right and and they've shown that they they do have the flexibility but maybe need to get there a little bit earlier in a game before you give up 31 points and or 28 points whatever it was in the first half 
Yeah, the you want to figure everything out before you're down thir- before you're down 14 give up 31 points because you've already had a bad defensive game even if it was just a half and the second half is awesome. But uh I mean they make great adjustments on this team. I I think that's been a consistent thing throughout the year and whether that's Zach or Lou Anarumo they seem to do a good job of adjusting to what was given to them in the first half and coming out strong in the second half. Uh only other thing I want to mention is just shout out Larry Ogunjobi for so his splash plays in that game were awesome. He, he's just he's he's so fun when he's when he's on. And I know that he's a little inconsistent, but man, when when he hits, it's almost like that you want him to be a rotation guy so that he only has the splash plays, even though that's probably not how that works. But <laughs> man, he he bench pressed. I think it was Trey Smith, who's a really strong guard, and he's having an awesome year. He bench pressed him and threw him onto onto the side and made a tackle. I thought that was a super high level play, and he had some pass rushes that were nice. You know why he bench pressed that much and what Trey Smith's ass? <laughs> because he eats belt bars, damn it. Jake, go ahead. I think it's probably because he has an NFL nutrition and weightlifting plan. Built bars. The baby. built bars help. They all they, they of course help. Go built built uh lock fifteen, built builtbar.com. Uh let's get out of here on that note. Uh Larry Ogunjobi, I agree, ha- had a couple of really nice plays in that game and you credit him when he does it, right? The the Bengals interior defensive line, I think, has been great all year. I think they are wearing down a little bit here down the stretch, and they're going to need them to find that built bar energy to get through the playoffs. Mike, call me. Call me, Marion Hobby. We'll get it hooked up. We'll get Mike, it hooked thanks up, again so much for your input about the all 22 takeaways from the Bengals' victory over the Chiefs. We're back tomorrow. We're going to start getting into – the Bengals Browns preseason game in week 18 or will no starters way. play? We'll get into that starting tomorrow until then Bengals fans who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.